1: G'day and welcome to Runners Only with Dom Harvey, brought to you by Radix Nutrition. Coming up, Arch Jelly. When was, you think, the last time you and John Walker got together and reflected on like, that gold medal performance in '76?
2: I oh, don't think we've ever done that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: what are you going to miss the most when your life ends? Well, you won't be in a position to miss anything, <laughs> will you? <laughs> Archibald Jelly otherwise known as Arch, is one of New Zealand's greatest running coaches. He coached the legendary runner John Walker through his entire career and all the highlights that that entailed, including an Olympic gold medal in the 70s, three Commonwealth Games medals, over 100 sub-four-minute miles, and John Walker was the first man to run a mile under three minutes and 50 seconds. Absolute legend. But I'm very sorry to disappoint all of you. This podcast actually has very little to do with running. I met Arch for the first time last year when he was 99 years old, on the cusp of turning 100, and we've remained in touch casually since then. On the week of this podcast being released, Arch turns 101. So I invited him back for a podcast where I would put your questions to him arch is still in tremendous health physically and mentally so this was a real treat it's not often you get to pick the brains of someone who has seen and done so much and is still around and able to share that wisdom i know his time is <laughs> he'll hate me saying this but i know his time is precious so i really do enjoy spending time with arch and i hope you guys do too he really is a national treasure thanks so much to radix nutrition for sponsoring this episode if you don't have protein as part of your daily diet You should start as soon as possible. Protein helps you gain muscle or keep the muscle you already have, and this becomes more and more important as you age. I start every single day with a protein shake made with protein powder from Radix. They do, in my opinion, the best flavors made with the best ingredients, and they have just introduced two new flavors to their range, mango and blueberry. And just like all the other flavors, these two do not disappoint. I was a bit of fear about the mango. I thought your mango powder mixed with milk would be like an odd combination, but it really does work. It's really nice. You can check out Radix and their incredible nutritional products at radixnutrition.co.nz. That's R-A-D-I-X. All right, let's get into it. The Incredible Arch Jelly on Runners Only with Dom Harvey. Hey, Runners Only with Dom Harvey. Runners Only with Dom Harvey. And for the second time, Archibald... Arch Jelly. G'day mate. Hi dog. So great to have you back here. Hang on, I'll just move that, move that microphone in a little bit. First of all, thank you so much for coming here. It was um, it was actually a little bit of a challenge. You you were reluctant to do this. I messaged you, and you said to me, "What what more is there to talk about?" We caught up a year ago. Not much has happened since then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well,
2: I don't think nothing much has changed. I, I don't think.
1: Yeah, but um, I mean, last year we we spoke for like an hour, and you were ninety nine at the time, so. That's like 36 to 40 seconds per year of your life, and it's been a, an amazing, rich life, and it's still going. There's a lot to tap into, and a lot's happened on the podcast s- since the last year. I've got a studio set up now yep, um, great. with TV cameras and stuff, and you were such a remarkable man with a remarkable mind, and you've seen so much and done so much. It's an honor and a privilege to have you here to get some of these stories and preserve them so that people can watch them in the future. Oh, I hope they were just, uh, listening to. <laughs> <laughs> of course they are. I, I outsourced a lot of the questions for today. I said on social media that you're coming over and there were thousands of comments, a lot of them from former students. Tim Stevens, who's 43, said, uh, Arch was my first primary school principal. How is he still alive? <laughs> Penny Burton, who was at Mount Roskill in 1960. Ah, yes, I remember her well. Oh, you do? Do you? Yeah. No. Do yeah. you?
2: Yeah, of course I from do. From 60
1: years ago? Hmm? Yeah. Uh, Fleur Guthrie Arch was my principal at Sunnybrae Normal School in the 1980s Would love him to share some funny or favourite memories from that time The 1980s Being a school principal and a, a school teacher for a big part of your life Were there kids that had names that you associated with bad kids So you'd see the school ro- roll at the start of the year And you'd be like, oh there's a, oh, there's a dougie Duggies are always bad news Do you no, know what I mean? No, 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 no <laughs> Don't recollect anybody, anybody like that no. Never, oh god there's a Dominic He's bound to be trouble <laughs> so, something. Oh, first of all, how was your one hundredth birthday last year? So we spoke um, when you were ninety nine and three quarters. Uh, you turned a hundred. You had a. I saw the celebration on the news. How did you celebrate your hundredth?
2: Oh, <laughs> there were uh, all sorts of uh, celebrations. Like there was a, a big one at uh, at Pine Song, uh, and you know, many, a lot of people there. And uh, then there was uh, one at the Bridge Club, and. Uh, which was very enjoyable, and then uh, the next day we had the uh, hundred by one mile relay, and uh, and even I had to. No, I was I was going to say run. I didn't run. I walked the uh, the four laps of the track, but I was accompanied by about uh, thirty four others, I think, on my leg. So, uh, I think my
1: uh, I had the honour of uh, of uh, doing the slowest. Leg. On your 100th birthday, you run a mile, which is four laps of the track. No walk. How do you feel after that at your age? Like, are you exhausted after walking that far, or...? Oh, not really, because I was used to walking, you know, three or four K a day. It, not that fast, though. Yeah. Oh, it doesn't matter, though, does it? You're still getting <laughs> out You're still doing um, a lot more physical activity than a lot of people 75 years younger than you.
2: Oh, I'm doing a bit, yeah. yeah. I I've could, uh, I could do
1: a bit more, I think, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, push yourself. Don't be lazy. Getting a bit lazy. <laughs> <laughs> I see you're wearing it like a Garmin. You're wearing a Garmin watch. How many steps do you do most days?
2: Oh, about,
1: uh, I try and do about between five and six thousand. Yeah. yeah. T- take the steps or do you uh, take the elevator?
2: Uh, I usually take the elevator. Yeah. Occasionally I take the steps, not often.
1: One, one thing that I, since we've we've become acquainted, one thing that I, I found quite interesting. Um, so earlier this year, I had Zane Robertson on my podcast. This is after he um, confessed to doping and received mm. a seven year ban, and he he came on the podcast and it was very emotional and very tearful. And then you reached out to me asking for his email address mm. at the age of bloody one hundred. Mm. Um, can, can I ask what was your message to him? What did you What did you say? Or was it oh well, I, you
2: know, I sympathised him in some ways,
1: but of course he he made. Uh, uh,
2: a few bad decisions and you know you've got to live with that
1: it was very nice of you though to reach out I thought that was um, remarkable you you still keep your finger on the pulse when it comes to athletics and, oh absolutely yeah. yeah I've even noticed um, on the, the app Strava well, whenever I upload a run sometimes I'll get a I'll get a like or a kudos from Arch Jelly <laughs> oh, <laughs> always yeah. I, I get the notification on my on my phone or my wrist and it makes me feel very happy uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> makes me feel bad that I'm not running faster <laughs> or longer at the time of recording this uh oh, so ambulance coming to get you. <laughs> uh, Sam Tanner, uh, he has openly said that he'd like to break the New Zealand record for the one mile this year, which you and John Walker still hold. Oh, I don't hold it. Oh, <laughs> you, you, You're very humble, but you, you de- don't you think you deserve some of the some of the credit oh, for it as a coach? A bit. Yeah. A bit. So this was set in 1982? Yeah, it's when John was uh, 30. Can you remember the time? Oh,
2: I think it was... Uh Three forty nine, oh eight,
1: correct. Yeah, yeah. How how do you feel about that? Do you think Sam Tanner has got in to beat that record? Oh, I would think so. Yeah, the, the uh, uh,
2: it, it's very very hard to uh, compare times uh, present day times with times of the past. How so? Oh well, I mean the the tracks are improved. Uh, the uh, the, the springy shoes that they use they uh, they, uh, they make a uh, significant difference uh and if you compare say uh, uh the time that peter snell did 1443 and the the, the record is uh, you know about 3 seconds faster uh but none of the uh, present day runners could uh, could match peter's time on the, on the grass track that he ran on yeah mm. so it, it's hard to compare runners really yeah. and times
1: It's remarkable, isn't it, that this was 41 years ago and this record still stands in spite of all the advancements that's been made. Oh, it's incredible runner. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Would you rather die with that record still intact or would you like to see it beaten? Or are you just indifferent?
2: uh, No, it it wouldn't worry me at all (laughs) either way because all records are made to be broken.
1: Yeah and i suppose it's a testament to john's ability and your coaching that it's uh, stood for so long
2: oh well uh, he, you know he in in his time he was the uh, the best in the world for you know for about 3 years mm. and uh, uh, and you know the that's what you've got to match really i mean i think sam uh, I, I think he's a great runner and uh, uh the Birmingham Games, uh, his run of you know three thirty one, that was the highlight for me. I thought it was you know, a fantastic run. It just shows that he's he's got the ability to uh, you know go a long way.
1: You've still got so much love for the sport. I can, like I can see your eyes light up when you talk about <laughs> Sam Tanner and what he's what he's doing. Do you regret not coaching a bit longer? No, 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 no. I no. Oh no, I coached for years. <laughs> <laughs> but you've still got so much so much knowledge and so much to offer. Oh yes, yeah, but it's um, Oh it's a, it's a great sport to be associated with. Yeah. Can I ask you today, the day that we're recording this, um you're 100 years old, how old do you feel?
2: Uh well I, I do feel a bit older than I than I previously <laughs> felt, but uh oh, I don't know, you can't put a, a number on it really.
1: But you wake up in the morning you feel good, you you wake up and you think oh, I'm oh, I'm lucky it's another day or oh I, I just I just feel the you know, same as I've always felt. <laughs> uh, what do you think are the top tips for a long, healthy, rewarding life? Oh, I think the, the main thing is, uh, is to keep moving and you need
2: plenty, plenty of exercise. I mean, of course, when we were, when we were young, uh, uh, nobody had motor cars and we w- walked or, or cycled everywhere. And uh, I remember when I used to I was walking uh, working in the city in the uh, and uh, we used to get the cable car down. <laughs> and and if we uh, if we missed the cable car, we we ran down, beat the cable
1: car, and uh, so you know all good training. Mm. And, and yeah, we talked about you walking before, so you're still active to this day. What, what about and you're not um you're not a smoker, um you're not much of a drinker. oh I gave up smoking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You told me this last year. So you you smoke smoked like a few times when you were like eight or something. No, none. nine, nine. <laughs> <laughs> and drinking alcohol, alcohol hasn't played much of a part in your life. You're not really no, no. Yeah. What about diet? What's a, what, what's an average day look like for the jelly household? Oh, we, we always have uh, porridge to start with. We
2: eat anything, really. No special diet. Yeah.
1: Mm. But you, like, in in terms of, like, when you were a kid to now, I'm guessing there, there wasn't a lot of processed food back then. Like, there was no fast food, no not much junk food. It's quite healthy and clean growing up.
2: Oh, yes. Well, I
1: mean, I, uh, I
2: grew up in the Depression, and so things were, you know, very tight, where everybody was really hard up. But we didn't feel uh, deprived at all.
1: Yeah, so this is the great depression of the 1930s. So you would have been uh, like seven yeah. seven years old. Yeah, or, the,
2: no in the late late 20s late and 20s, 30s, yeah. 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 Things were pretty tough.
1: Yeah, what what did your dad do for employment?
2: He was the uh, local uh, barber and uh, tobacconist. And uh, he was a uh Gallipoli veteran, he was w- wounded there. Mm. And uh And I think, and he was a a tremendous smoker, and we we worked out how many million cigarettes he smoked. (laughs) And but he had five. We were five of us, and
1: uh, none of us have ever really smoked. Yeah, why do you think that is? How come none of the jelly kids took to it? Oh well, it it killed my father. Mm. But but. I mean, so this is the like the 1930s we're talking about. Yeah, I, I remember seeing TV commercials from like the 60s or 70s and they, they said doctors recommend smoking and your smoking was seen as like a, a cool sort of thing. Yeah. So you didn't have the knowledge back then that it was a killer?
2: No, no, I didn't. No, that's right. You just didn't like it? Oh, I don't know. Yeah.
1: I mean, just... Wasn't interested, really. Yeah. Well, that's lucky, isn't it? <laughs> and, um, what And someone wanted to ask, what's your earliest memory? I, I know on the podcast last year you shared a story um, about your brother chopping your finger off when you were five. Oh,
2: no. I think I've, I've got one earlier recollection. That's when uh, uh, I was at the, uh, what is, I think it was called the, uh, uh, the South Seas Exhibition at, in Logan Park in Dunedin and i was on uh, i think i was about 4 and i was on a little merry go round and, and and i think my hat blew off and and i st- I tried to get my hat and I sort of fell off the and
1: they had to, you know, stop everything. (laughs)
2: That's the earliest I can remember.
1: (laughs) And then, um, yeah, the lawn mowing thing Uh, for anyone that hasn't listened to the podcast last year. So, you and your brother were mowing the lawns. You said it was with scissors. Do you mean like sort of um, shears or? No,
2: well, we didn't have a lawn mower, and it was only a small lawn. And I was uh, cutting the lawn with uh, scissors.
1: So, what, ordinary what, what, scissors, like okay, like sewing yeah, scissors. Yeah. Yeah. And
2: uh, my elder brother, who's only uh, you know two years older than me, he uh, dad had given him the hedge clippers, and we got too close, and <laughs> I, one of my fingers had almost sliced off. <laughs>
1: Where is it? How did, did the uh, surgeons do a good job? What finger is it? Oh no! It, oh, it's, it's oh that one there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, hold it up to the camera! Oh <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow! And then, so then um, you you didn't have a vehicle, so you had to run to the hospital. Take the oh, tram.
2: No, I remember um, uh, my my uh, uh, the tip of my finger was hanging by a thread. I remember my father cutting it off and and dropping it in the hole in the garden. <laughs> Whereas today you'd have put it put it uh, on, on ice on ice and reattached it. Uh, then we. Uh, uh, I, was, you know, I was about five or six. I remember we walked up to the cable car, and that's about uh, a <laughs> thousand metres or so, and then took the cable car down to the city and then took the, <laughs> the electric tram along and then walked from there to the hospital. And then yeah. I was there for about a week.
1: And were you quite but, calm or were you like screaming in pain? No, and no,
2: no, no. It wasn't very really painful.
1: Someone wanted to know um, if you've got any war stories. You, you, were, you were in a submarine, right? Were you part of the Navy? Uh, for so, a while Yes, yeah, so this was World War II How long were you, were you away for? You, you told me a story last year on the podcast about uh, coming back home and not recognising your little brother I,
2: I, I went away when I was uh, 20 We were uh, uh, in the Navy And we went to uh, uh, England via uh, uh, Panama, New York And then, then to England And uh, I had my uh, 21st birthday at, in uh, Jack Dempsey's Bar in New York but well, I wasn't a drinker at all. Mm. <laughs> but we were in the, thats where we had had the celebration. And then I was then uh, the three months course at uh, Shotley Gate in England. That's near Ipswich, Colchester. And then uh, I was uh, posted to uh, a cruiser, to, uh, HMS Bermuda, and we were on the uh, Russian convoy. And we went to uh, uh, picked up the convoy. Uh, just uh, uh, just near uh, uh, in Iceland, Reykjavik, and then we went on to the uh, uh, Kola Inlet, and we were and uh, we were very lucky because the the weather was bad, uh, very low visibility and uh, low clouds. So we uh, we didn't. There were no uh, the, the German submarines and the uh, 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 Planes and that sort of thing. We we never saw them, and on the way back it was the same. We had bad weather, and uh, we got through. And nobody and no ships in the convoy were uh, were sunk.
1: Do you look back now and think how lucky you were that uh, that you made it home? Oh, yeah. Well, you, 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 know, you, you as get, as get older, you, you don't you
2: think? sort of th- think about yeah. anything like that. I, I was, uh, it was in November, December, which is in the, in the middle of winter over there, and it was tremendously cold. But on the uh, a- uh, action station where I was, I was down about uh, three flights in the, uh, contr- uh, in the high angle uh, control room. And very warm down there mm. because we be know no show of getting out if anything happened. You yeah. know, you're, yeah, you're <laughs> right screwed in the, in the bowels of the ship. <laughs> yeah. But you never thought about that sort of thing. Yeah.
1: Was it only when you when you get home, or as you get a bit older, that you think actually that could have been very oh, very different? Yeah. 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 Mm. Well, thank you for serving our country. I appreciate that. How, how many years were you gone for? Because you did mention last oh, year. Oh, when
2: year. when we got back uh, to uh, UK, uh, I was. Uh, Seconded to the uh, uh, what they called the King Alfred, that was at Hove near Brighton, and I did the uh, 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 sub lieutenant's course. And w- when I was there, uh, at the end of the course, they uh, you had to say uh, which branch of the uh, navy uh, you'd you'd like to serve in. Not that that would make any difference because but you, you are, <laughs> they could put you where they A want. Tough luck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So for some unknown reason, I said I'd like to uh, serve in the submarine service. I don't know why. Uh, <coughs> anyway, so I, I was sent up to uh, Blyth uh, up in Northumberland and I, I did the submarine course there, uh, <coughs> which was fairly stringent. And then I was posted to... Uh, uh, coastal submarines, either as a, uh, a torpedo or gunnery officer, or a, a la- my last job was I was a navigator.
1: I suppose being a young a young man from Dunedin, like the thought of uh, even seeing a submarine, let alone being on one, is quite enticing. Mm.
2: I, yeah. I think I was going to say too. Uh, after I finished the uh, course, the sub lieutenant's course at uh, King Alfred, some of us were sent to Greenwich to do a sort of a uh, I was sort of uh, to learn the ways of, of the navy, you know, get, to have the right demeanour for an officer and all that sort of stuff. And uh, I suppose they they'd tried to make uh, gentlemen out of her. And who, who was it? The uh, somebody said, uh, I was just thinking, of the famous New Zealander. Oh, I can't recall who it was, but he said uh, uh, about this course. He said, "We're not gentlemen." Where New Zealanders.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Now, how's your, how's your mental health been over the years? Mental health is a, it's a very, very big topic now, and um, uh, you know you look at the, the statistics and stuff, and uh, yeah, we're in a mental health crisis here in New Zealand, but uh, something that has struck me with um, the elderly people I've had on the podcast is it's just not something that was ever discussed about, or almost seemingly not even a thing. How's yours been over the years? I mean, you, you don't get to 100 without, you know, dealing with a lot of heartbreak, loss, grief and sadness. Oh, I know, I've sort of coped okay, you know. Yeah. Yeah. What's been some of the toughest times? Like, the, I'm thinking of the passing of your of your wife. You, you know, you were together for many, many years.
2: Oh, yeah, well, that, that, was, that, that was very sudden. We, you know, it, it was all over in the month. We didn't know anything about it, you know. That, uh, you just got to, you know, you just got to come to terms with that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, where does where does that resilience come from? Do you think? Oh, I'm not sure, really.
2: Uh, but it's uh, I know, the uh, the phrase, the philosophy, I, I quite like, and it's probably what, uh, I mightn't have had it then, but uh, there's a uh, you know the actor uh, Michael Caine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he, uh, he w- when he was uh, uh, first acting as a young actor, he was ready to uh, come on stage and there were uh, there were a couple already on the stage, and they were having a, a violent quarrel. And, you uh, right uh, somebody, one of them, threw a chair, and it and it it blocked uh, the entranceway where Michael was supposed to come on. And he said, to the, "The director, what am I going to do?" And uh, the director said, uh, "Use the difficulty." And by that, uh, so he said, uh, yeah, "Use the difficulty." He said, "If it's a tragedy." smash the chair, and if it's a comedy, fall over it. And uh, so by that uh, he, he meant that uh, even though a situation might be very, very bad, uh, it's, uh, there would be something good that you know, can come mm. out of it. At any rate, in the last uh, few months, we've, uh, uh, Gene and I have both uh, stopped driving and th- that's sort of a, a situation which you know you, you're not very keen on because it you ta- uh, to take away uh, some of your independence of course but uh, uh, there are positives in that because firstly uh, uh, you, you're far better off financially without having a car and uh, and secondly you can uh, you're forced to do a lot more walking so it helps your general fitness so that was the so we were uh, using the difficulty.
1: a lot of people these days talk about just the um, the, you know, the impact that the the pandemic and the lockdowns have had on people, and the impact it's had on our mental health. Some of the stories you've rattled off in the last twenty minutes about you know your dad coming back from Gallipoli and uh, you being raised in the Great Depression, you going to war, and you think of all the things that you've seen in your lifetime, and um, you've just seemed to manage to like just brush everything off and just you know keep calm and carry on, as the poster says.
2: Yeah, well, I I think you've got to, I think, you know, your attitude to what, and your philosophy of life, you know, plays a big difference, plays, you know, a big part.
1: Yeah, thanks for sharing that insight. Someone wanted to ask the question, um, being exactly half your age myself, 50, I I like this question, uh, what's been better, the first half or the second half? Just while you think about that, I was um, thinking about that on the drive to your retirement village this morning to pick you up. All your... Huge successes with John Walker happened in the second half. Career, you know, career-wise, as a running coach, yeah, probably did, yeah, yeah. So, what, oh, what do you think, well, the First half, second half? When I, I started
2: coaching John Walker, I, I'd served, uh, you know, a very long apprenticeship, so it was really, uh, you know, it was really uh, a collision between a, a fairly seasoned coach and a and a you know a, a fantastic uh, athlete, and uh, so. Uh, I was lucky that I'd served that apprenticeship first, so I I knew what I was talking about and what I was doing.
1: Yeah. So the hard work was done in the in the first half of your life, and then you managed to to mm. reap the fruits yeah. of your labour in the second half. Mm. Yeah, because I've got a lot of friends the same age as me who are fifty and they're sort of like winding down, <laughs> you know. The but I, I reckon it's like a, it's a halfway mark and it's a new chapter, and uh, you're never too old to do anything new, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, when did you notice people started to treat you differently because you were old? Oh, it's probably yeah. Uh, just since since I turned a hundred, I
2: think, because <laughs> <laughs> I yeah that that'd be right.
1: <laughs> what do you? I, I I would I would have thought people would treat you like more special since you're a hundred. I, I, I don't know, like like put you on a bit of a pedestal. Do you know what I mean?
2: Oh no! If I if I get a ride in a taxi and uh, and uh, and I mention that uh, perhaps that uh, I'm the oldest
1: client he's ever had. Uh, <laughs> they they're absolutely staggered <laughs> yeah well I think it's just I mean a, a lot of people say they uh, they want to live to a lot of younger people or people my age uh, say they want to live to a hundred and I think you're the poster child for that because everyone wants to it's a figure it's almost like a mythical figure because not many people make it and to make it to hundred still be physically fit and mentally as capable as what you are I think um, this is something that like everyone would aspire to so people want to like tap into that and find out if there is a secret.
2: No, I don't, I don't think it's any secret
1: because yeah. you need, you need a bit of luck
2: because, I mean, I've uh, survived quite a few, uh, you know, fractures and uh, operations and that sort of thing. Yeah, you had a – when did you get your knee done? A Ninety – My knee? Yeah. Uh, it was a full knee replacement. Oh, I was I was quite young then. I was
1: only 98. <laughs> I'm amazed. Were they reluctant to give you one? Like, were they scared of the complications at that age or No. Did you sort of have to push for it? No, no they seemed to be quite happy. Yeah. yeah. And you
2: recovered all right? Oh, yes, except that it, uh, it was a very successful operation, but uh, the patient nearly died because he, he managed to contract pneumonia, which is a bit of a killer for the yeah. old boys. <laughs> you made it through.
1: In your opinion, is society better or worse than, say, 50 years ago? Uh,
2: I think it's uh, far more violent than it was, and... Uh, like uh, when when I was brought up, I mean, if there was a murder, that was uh, an incredible event, you know. But now uh, it happens every week, so yeah. there's a very big difference, I think. Yeah, of course, there's a, a far more, uh, far greater population. But even even taking it into account, hmm. what,
1: what do you think that is? Is a lack of respect or? Don't know. It's uh,
2: I think the. Uh, the social media and the, uh, you know, uh, iPhones. I've got one, of course. But, I mean, uh, I mean, that, I think that's got a lot to uh, That's, you know, every, everything can be seen, you know, right away now and, and uh, it, it makes things very different.
1: Someone wanted to know, this is a running question, what do runners do now which Arch thinks we shouldn't be doing and where we should go back and learn from the days gone by? I can think of one thing. Uh, I, I probably rely too much on my watch. Like I'm obsessed with my rot- watch. If my watch hasn't connected to the GPS satellite, I don't start running. <laughs> I'm uh, back. Back in the day, I'm guessing John was just doing laps or whatever without a watch, and maybe you had a stopwatch. That's right. Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah. Uh, I think. I think the. Uh, uh, you know, what they did, like, for example, Arthur uh, sh- uh schedules, you know, were fantastic really and, uh, you know, he sort of uh, spearheaded a revolution in training. But uh, on the other hand, uh, it th- that doesn't mean to say that uh, there aren't better ways. Mm. And uh, like m- most... Uh, uh, coach, uh, coaches in most countries, they would have uh, adopted uh, Arthur's ideas, and just about every uh, uh, every top athlete would uh, would be in, in debt to Arthur for that. But uh, they've accepted that, but then they've gone on and developed some better ideas uh, put on on top of what Arthur thought. So, uh, so not like, not reinventing
1: the wheel, just sort of tweaking it.
2: Yeah, and and making so. I think it, it would be a mistake to think that if you uh, if you uh, train exactly according to Arthur, that you'd reach the top. Now you wouldn't, yeah. because but you still uh, you won't reach the top. Though unless you accept Arthur's ideas and then pin your own uh,
1: ideas on mm. top of that. Yeah, did d- you and Arthur have much to do with each other, or not really?
2: Oh, yes, yeah, we, we, yeah. but there's one thing we never discussed.
1: Running. Yeah, we never discussed running. <laughs> that's the one thing you've got in common. <laughs> I know, yeah. Isn't that odd? <laughs> Someone wants to ask, what do you worry about these days? Oh, I don't worry about much, really. Yeah, that's a great great place to be in. What advice would you give your, your, your 30 or 40-year-old self? Save more for your retirement. You're going to be here a while. My,
2: my 30 or 40, years, it's a bit late for that. So. Yeah. <laughs>
1: what makes you laugh?
2: Also, there's all sorts of things that come over on the air and that sort of thing that mm. are, you know, I quite like. and I don't know if I laugh out loud, <laughs> but, oh, I think but I'm still,
1: amused. Yeah, you've still got a very good sense of humour and it's yeah. uh, definitely still intact. Um, yeah, we were talking on the drive on the way and um, one of your favourite TV shows is The Chase. You watch that most nights.
2: Oh, yeah, I what, yeah, watch The Chase. A <laughs> couple of laughs on that, no doubt, with um, Bradley, the host.
1: <laughs> what are your thoughts on disciplining and raising children? How were you raised and how did you raise your kids?
2: Oh, we we never had to, uh, you know, uh, hit the kids or anything like that. You just treat them as ordinary people and you know, mm. talk to them and that sort of thing, and, you know.
1: Yeah, it's very, very... No, m-
2: nothing special.
1: Yeah. What's something about the world that completely blows you away? Oh, pro-
2: probably the... Uh, For example, the uh, what goes on in in the states, you know, when 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 they're seeking a new president, all this sort of stuff, and you know, there's millions and millions of dollars involved. It it just seems absolutely crazy, and uh, and the fact that uh, uh, to to be elected as president, you've got to be uh, someone who uh, Uh, encourages more guns to be sold and that sort of thing I mean (laughs) it's just absolutely crazy but it'll never change yeah yeah
1: (laughs) no it won't you're dead right it's a funny observation thanks for that Um, is there anything you still have on your bucket list do you know what a bucket list is absolutely yeah I I don't
2: I I don't have a a bucket list but uh, I do like to have uh, uh, I do like to be working on on some sort of you know project and that sort of thing and 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 uh, that's uh, you know quite an incentive. Yeah. What
1: is it at the moment? What's the project?
2: Oh, it, it might be writing uh, an, uh, a booklet on <laughs> on bridge or something like that, or <laughs> or doing some work on uh, uh, genealogy.
1: Yeah. yeah, I hope you've got relatives that are like you know picking your brains um, because you, you've got so much knowledge to share.
2: Oh, it's all it's all, uh, 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 it's all uh, there electronically.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: I've got. Uh, I wouldn't have any thoughts on that, except uh, if I was uh, uh, as, long, as long as I'm healthy, uh, mm. physically and mentally, I, I don't mind.
1: Yeah, because mm. you you told me last year on the podcast that um you there's like a uh, an app on your iPhone like a when will you die app or oh, a death <laughs> a death calculator. You remember that? Yeah. 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 So when did you do that? 97, 98?
2: Oh yeah, that was a see. Uh, <laughs> You put in all the—it's uh, all rubbish, of course. You you put in all the uh, uh, physical and mental characteristics, and then it comes out with a number. And I think I—I uh, I think they told me I had three years to go, <laughs> or something like that. It was now. like four or five years ago now. Yeah, but all—it's all, it's all you know rubbish.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, what technological advancements have amazed you the most in your lifetime?
2: uh it, it really be to do with uh, you know social media with the uh, iPhones and computers and that sort of thing. Yeah. It made a tremendous difference. Yeah,
1: because it seems like um, I mean, I, I can't can't speak on behalf of you, but it feels like uh, technology sort of moved along yeah relatively speedy. But then the last sort of twenty years, it's been exponential. So I'm guessing when you were a little boy, there was no not even radio. Well, there yes, was there yep, was radio.
2: Yep. Yeah, we, we were in a very we were a very hard-up family, but uh, we, we did have you know quite a good radio, and uh, uh, and it was one where you had um, wet batteries and dry batteries and that sort of what, thing. What's a wet battery? Oh, that's one you've got to uh, you know charge and that sort of thing. Oh well, I suppose a, a, a car battery is a wet battery, right? Yeah, and but I remember and be what are, it might be in the. Uh, 1930s and my father was a uh, a cricket fanatic and uh, like he he umpired cricket uh including matches against various countries uh for about 20 years and uh then right before he became an umpire though uh we used to listen into the uh, uh the ashes and and it'd, it'd be uh, it must have been in England because it was uh, we would be we were just kids but we would be uh, up with Dad listening to the radio, and and uh, you know Bradman and Woodfull and wow. Kippax and all that crowd, and uh, the and you'd hear the uh, you just hear of course there's no TV you could uh, hear the commentator then you would hear the the ball striking a bat. But, of course, it wasn't. All they were doing was uh, tapping a, a pencil <laughs> on the table. Oh, I'm making sound effects. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I remember that very well. We used, to, uh, uh, we, we used to be sitting up night after night <laughs> listening.
1: And then when did when did TV come along? Do you remember? Uh, was, was TV something that only the rich had initially?
2: Oh, no. T- TV, I remember getting TV when I was, lived in Mount Elba, and that was yeah. about the... Late 1950s.
1: Oh, so you were like a grown man by then? Oh, haven't you? Yeah. Was that exciting? Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs>
2: yeah. Was our, I remember dad coming up and staying at our place, and uh, he was, uh, it was a black and white TV, and he was, you know, watching the cricket. And mm. He was quite impressed.
1: Mm. How have you managed to keep up with everything? Uh, you know, because it'd be very easy for you to. I don't, like, I don't know, when cell phones came out in the 80s or the 90s, to just get a Nokia and be comfortable with that rather than you face the daunting prospect of getting an iPhone and getting, getting familiarised with all that. How, how have you coped with all the change? Because so, oh, so many don't.
2: I've always been a, a gadget man. I've always loved, loved gadgets. and always like to have the, uh,
1: the latest up-to-date ones. Yeah, and you, you, you use it very well. As I mentioned before, are you liking posts on Strava and things? What do you consider to be your greatest achievement or proudest moments in life?
2: It would depend on you know which category we're talking about, really. But I, I don't sort of think about that sort of thing. Now's a,
1: now's a good chance. to... I know you don't think about it because you're very very humble. It's hard to get anything out of you. But maybe now's now's a good chance to Pro, I could, let me get the ball rolling. Professionally, John Walker's gold medal. Oh, yeah, that that yeah. would be that would be. Uh, that would be a, a top yeah, yeah absolutely okay and another compartment professionally in your career as a school teacher and headmaster um, just making such a massive impact on thousands of kids' life I mean as I mentioned so many of them have reached out to me in the past week and no, this is testament to you And bear in mind it's a different generation it's a generation where there was um, corporal punishment you could strap kids or give them the cane or whatever no no one I was
2: ha- not a, I was not wasn't great on that. So oh, right.
1: I, I, I know, I know. Mm. There's, there's, there's not one former student that has an unkind word to mm. say about you, which I think says a lot. And what about personally? The greatest achievement or proudest moment personally?
2: Oh, it's probably, you know, when you get married, I would say.
1: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. When was that? When did you get married? 19. First, firstly? Yeah. 53. 53. And she passed away? 2000. Oh, we we touched upon this in the podcast last year, but there's there's probably a lot of people watching or listening to this that didn't listen to the podcast last year. It's a hell of a story. So you and your first wife and your now wife and her husband, you were like a like a foursome. You used to yeah, play we, bridge together. Yeah,
2: we, we used to go away. Yeah, uh, and Gene uh, Jean, Jean was my bridge partner. And uh, so Jean's your now wife, yes, your second wife. We yeah. used to go away and uh, play bridge, and Rachel and uh, David, David Metzger. Uh, They used to go uh, and look in all the, uh, you know, uh, shops and all that sort of stuff uh, while we played bridge, yeah.
1: Yeah, and so then, and there was never any sort of attraction between um, you you and Jean while you were married and while she was married. Not at all. Yeah, you never even thought about that. But then, and then when, you did did your first um, partners die in quite quick succession? Yeah, within the same year they both they died, yeah. Yeah, so it just seemed like a natural, logical thing like, well, you and me may as well get together now.
2: Oh, I don't. We didn't think about it to start with. And then <laughs> after a couple of years, we decided to. <laughs>
1: just like a, a convenience thing, or uh, oh. were you bonded on your, your mutual grief? What was that? Uh. Well, uh, G- uh,
2: somebody asked Jean, uh, you know, uh, how I propose, and she said, uh, "Oh, I don't think he ever proposed." <laughs> 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 and uh, she said that Jean uh, said that uh, he's uh, he's not the romantic type, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, apparently, I said, "I oh, know, I'm the uh, more pragmatic, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> whatever that means." <laughs> yeah, so it
1: just seemed like the sensible thing to do—just move in together. Yeah,
2: well, Jean was Jean uh, uh, was living at. Uh, at Pinesong in the village and I, I still had the house in La Vita in uh, Mount Albert and uh, I sold the house and uh, and uh, went to live at uh, Pinesong.
1: Yeah. How's, how's Jean now? How's, how old is she and how's her health? Oh, she's quite young. Yeah. Mm, she's only 90. <laughs> <laughs> you like the younger woman, eh? Cradle yeah. snatcher. <laughs> uh, what hobbies or activities have brought you the most joy through your life? Oh, this is easy. Bridge, right?
2: Oh, yeah, bridge. bridge all day. Oh, yes. I, I mean, uh, it's an absolutely uh, you know fantastic game, really. And uh, no matter how good you are, you can always improve. And uh, and it doesn't matter how old you are, or how, what size you are, or what gender, or what race. Uh, you can play, and I mean, you only need uh, fifty-two pieces of cardboard, and you are away. But of course, it's uh, a bridge now. Of course, it's more uh, sophisticated electronically, which makes it easier. And, but it, it's uh, you know, incredible game.
1: How much do you play now?
2: Oh, I just i don't i don't play often at night now, but I play uh, every Monday and Wednesday at the at the club, and then I play. Uh, in, uh, uh, at night online right. on, the, you, on a Monday.
1: You, well, you just said a second ago you don't play much now. That sounds like a no, lot well, of... No, that's bro-
2: not very much. <laughs> we, we used to play every day of the week.
1: <laughs> wow. And what, what about... Um, oh, so that question was what have, hobbies or activities have brought you the most joy through your life? What about earlier on? Can you remember what, what sort of hobbies and activities as a kid were you into? Oh... Uh,
2: I've always uh, done a lot of we- a lot of research on genealogy, and that's to five different families. And mm. uh, I spend a, lo- a lot of time on that, uh, and a lot of that was done before uh, you could uh, do much research electronically. Mm. Now it's, it's probably a bit easier. And I've always been keen on uh, photography and that sort of thing. Yeah. And uh, and I've, I've uh, and I've always. Uh, been keen on literature and poetry and that
1: sort of thing. How have your values and beliefs evolved over the years? Hard to say.
2: Yeah. I, I, I've never even thought about it.
1: Yeah. Do you think that's the problem with um, the, gen- the the generation now? We overthink things? <laughs> <laughs> Possibly, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, you, I, you were sitting in front of me. You just seem like like a lot, lot of these questions which people sent in. Like it's you just sort of like batting them off. Like it, it's almost like they're over overthinking things, and you just like mm. get up and do it. Is there, this might be another one of those questions? Is there a particular piece of wisdom or philosophy that has guided your life?
2: Oh, I, th- I think uh, we talked about that uh, using the difficulty, didn't we? Have we yeah. done that on here?
1: Yeah, we. You talked about um, Michael Caine. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we've yeah.
2: done that. Well, I think uh, that's a very uh, important uh, philosophy to to uh, to have. Really, that there's always uh, my situation might appear very bad, but there could be uh, good could emerge from it. Mm.
1: Mm yes for you how does the, the, the pandemic is the biggest thing that you know most people I suppose my age and younger have gone through how did the pandemic um compare to all the other things you've been through in your life Spanish flu, the depression, uh, World War Two. Oh, yeah, no, um, I, I,
2: wasn't, I wasn't alive with the Spanish flu. When was the Spanish flu? No, it was about 1919, I think. Right.
1: Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm sorry, yeah. I'm yeah. ageing you here.
2: Yeah, I was <laughs> minus three there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the pandemic... Well, with the, the pandemic, I mean, there's nothing much you can do. You can take precaution, but there's nothing much you can do, so there's no use worrying about it. And uh, I mean, I got COVID and that sort of thing, and I was uh, fairly cooked for a couple of days, but then since then I've been, you know, okay. God, nothing bothers you, does it? Not really, yeah. no. no, not to any great extent.
1: What, what does get you wound up these days? What gets you n- n- nervous or anxious or mad?
2: Oh, I, I, I don't think I get like that.
1: Yeah. No. Have you always been this way or has that come with um, age and wisdom?
2: Oh I think, I think I've always been fairly uh, measured. In. I'm yeah. a bit of an introvert probably, mm-hmm. <laughs> so fairly quiet. Yeah.
1: Uh, what are your hopes and dreams for future generations?
2: Oh well, I suppose it's the same with anybody, and you, know, you just hope they'll people will uh, society will, will uh, be uh, you know, a nice place to live, and they'll grow up into uh, you know good human beings. Yeah.
1: What were some of the most challenging obstacles you faced throughout your life, and how did you overcome them?
2: I, I remember when uh, I was uh, oh this would be about nineteen, uh, let's see, no twenty thousand and four. And uh, I was uh, buttering Jean's toast in the morning. She was still in bed, of course, and uh, which is unlikely, actually. And uh, all of a sudden, my uh, left arm uh, stopped stopped functioning.
1: So and you you were about eighty at the time.
2: Yes, uh, I, my left arm was just hanging by the side, and then after twenty minutes, it was. Uh, 100% again so I finished buttering the toast and uh, so that afternoon I went to see the, my GP and he said oh there's something you know wrong I'm not sure what it is he says, you haven't had a stroke but you know something's there so I went through all the tests and that sort of thing and uh, and I went back to see the uh, the uh uh the uh, guy the medical guy and uh, he said oh, I've got uh, good news and bad news. And I said, well, tell me the good news first. And he said, oh, there's nothing wrong with the brain. It's just as good as it's ever been. I'm not sure how good it was. Uh, and then uh, and he said, but have a look at the screen. And he showed me the screen and there was a thing of, about the size of a small golf ball in the, back, in the back of my head. And uh, uh, he said, it's uh, probably a meningioma. And uh, he said, that's the sort of uh, uh, tumour I would have if I, if, if I had the choice. And he said, "I can take it out in July." So he, uh, uh, I said, "Well, I'd like to take it taken out before then." So I said, "Well, I can't. Uh, I've got to go down to play in a bowls tournament in Dunedin <laughs> uh, before that." So I went, uh, and he said, "Oh, well, I'll take it. I'll take it out after that." So he did, and I went into the hospital. I think he took it out on the Wednesday, and uh, then I, and then they. Uh, uh, and that uh, for that they, all they do is to, you know, cut the top off your head and and mm. uh, take out, <laughs> take out the tube and then and then staple it back on again. And uh, uh, so uh, I, I went home on the Saturday and then on the uh, Monday I went back and played bridge, but I didn't feel hundred percent. But then from that time on, it, it's never bothered me. And uh, I remember my sister, my uh, no, my daughter said, "Well, can you bring the uh, uh, the tumor home as a souvenir?" <laughs> and so I asked the doctor about that. He said, "Oh no, I can't do that. He said, It's got to go go, go to the uh, bi- biopsy."
1: Isn't yeah, it? the biopsy lab. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: And uh, but he said, "What I'll do is I'll take my camera in and I'll take a camera of your brain and the tumor, and you can have that." <clears throat> and so I've still got that. I've got all that in Technicolor.
1: You know, I've noticed you've got um, you've got quite a few scars on your on your forehead. What's What's that from? What's?
2: Uh, I I had a, a sort of a a, a skin cancer there, mm. and it's, and, that, and that was a few months ago. But it's it's okay now.
1: Yeah, mm. and you you mentioned on the car ride here, you're not exercising at the moment because you had like a growth taken out on your. <laughs>
2: that's right, on my leg. Yeah, 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 yeah. but that that's been resolved. Too. Mm.
1: Yeah, e- e- have you always been quite good? New Zealand men are typically um, a bit slow at, uh, you know, getting medical tra- treatment or you're talking about health yeah, things. Yeah, I'm at- probably typical of
2: that. Yeah, yeah really? <laughs> really? <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. I, w- I would have thought you would have been super diligent. At front no, not things. really. No, no. <laughs> I was hoping to like sort of pick your brains to see how any one of us could, could get to 100 and still be as fit and healthy and vital and vibrant as what you are, but it's, it, it's, it does seem like there's a bit of luck involved. Oh, absolutely, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, when you consider my two uh, grandfathers died at 57, and so, you know, I've lasted a bit longer than that.
1: Mm. Is there longevity in your family at all?
2: On my mother's side, yeah. yeah.
1: Like what? Anyone else made it to 100?
2: Mm-hmm. no 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 but my uh, my uh, i think my eldest cousin she died at ninety seven and i know my great grandfather he i think it was a great grandfather he uh, uh emigrated and uh and he landed in new zealand in uh, eighteen sixty and i think he was uh, eighty five or eighty six when he when he came mm. and with his uh, family and and uh wow. and grandchildren yeah
1: yeah, that wouldn't have been an easy trip, especially at that no. age. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, I think he, he, he lasted until he was in, uh, about 94, I think, something mm. like that.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's an interesting thing, isn't it? The, the, just the transportation changes that you've seen in your lifetime. Like, we've gone from ships to oh, aviation.
2: Absolutely.
1: Yeah, yeah. Can you remember the first time you saw a plane or went on a plane?
2: I, don't, I, don't, I think the first plane I was on was on a, a flying boat, from, uh, flying
1: from Auckland uh, to Melbourne. That's what we talked about this in the podcast last year. So, um, like a, a seaplane, I, I've been on a seaplane before, like to go to one of the islands yeah. in Fiji. But this is like a big one for an international yeah. flight. And mm. you, yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, you were a, you were a good runner, and you you could have stayed back in New Zealand and trained hard and maybe qualified for the what was then known as the oh, Empire <laughs> Games. No, let me finish. But instead, you went to Melbourne on a seaplane to chase a girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I,
2: actually, I I, wa- I wasn't in the shape to uh, to be uh, going for a place in, in the in the games. I I, I, I'm a, I was only sort of a, a part time runner then. I usually. Uh, Played tennis in the summer and, and then ran cross country in the winter. So I wasn't really uh, up to, up to that. But yes, yeah, so I, di- I did. Uh, there was a girl involved yeah.
1: And she didn't come back with you. You didn't get the girl.
2: No, but I think that <laughs> might have been a a, a a good result. Yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> what what were you What were you doing then? Were you a Were you a school teacher at that stage?
2: I was always a school teacher. Yeah. yeah. So
1: I can't imagine those flights would have been cheap. That would have been. It would have cost you like weeks' wages, I'd imagine.
2: I've got the faintest idea. Yeah, Never thought yeah. about it. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, well, can you remember much anything about that flight? That must have been like f- terrifying for the first time going in a. No,
2: no. Just no, it was went, you know, with a, without a hitch. Yeah.
1: Know. And can you remember the first yeah, the first time you got to ride in a car?
2: Oh, oh first, yeah, the first time in a car would be going to, uh, going from uh, Mornington in the Needen to Ocean View and Brighton. Uh, uh, for a holiday, was my great uncle? Yeah,
1: yeah. Was was he was he rich? Like I'm guessing, the cars no, were. He, only... No,
2: no. And this was a, a car of a friend of ours. Right. We we didn't we never had a car.
1: You Just didn't have the money. I'm guessing it was just. Although oh,
2: like the... nobody had cars, like there were two uh, people with cars in our street, and they were both plumbers. And hmm. like, and when I went to uh, college in 1946. Uh, there were only two two of the lecturers had cars. Nobody else had a car.
1: Isn't that amazing? Yeah. What was your first car? Can you remember?
2: Yes. Yeah, it would be uh, nineteen twenty eight Oakland. Oh, I have to look that up. I don't know what an <laughs> Oakland is. Well, it's a, it it was a, a bit like a a, 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 a a bit like a Model A Ford. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Uh, actually, I only owned half of it. My uh, younger brother; uh, he had the other half, and we used to share it. <laughs> yeah,
1: and what about what was the last car you owned?
2: Oh, it'd be the Mazda CX three. Yeah. yeah,
1: and you. So you decided not to renew your license when you turned a hundred. When was the last time you you drove a vehicle? Oh,
2: it'd be uh, almost a couple of years ago. Probably. Yeah, yeah,
1: late nineties. Mm. Just the changes you've seen in transport over your lifetime. Oh, incredible. Uh, how has your perspective on life and ageing evolved as you reached this remarkable age?
2: Oh well, I've never thought, sort of thought about yeah. ageing or anything like that. I've just sort of carried on doing what I normally mm. do.
1: But do you think the elderly get the um, the respect or the fair treatment they deserve in New Zealand or are they sort of like invisible to society in a lot of ways? Well,
2: I don't know. It depends on the person I was <laughs> thinking and, and on the, <laughs> you know, who they associate with.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's good then. So you, you haven't noticed anyone treating you any any differently because of your because of oh, your reversed.
2: I, I notice that uh, you know when, when they find out how, how old you are, they, they, they start to you know treat you a bit differently. Like, but for
1: the better, I guess.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. Does yeah.
1: yeah. someone asked the question? Does thinking about dying make you sad? Not at all. No.
2: No. no. I mean, I mean, it's just part of life, isn't it? Really. It's the trade-off, isn't it? It's something that we all have yeah, to have yeah. to
1: go through. I'm just think of like my, my situation. Like I've um, I'm 50 now. Both my parents are still alive. Um, the only sort of grief I've had to deal with is the death of a couple of friends. You know, one through cancer, one through suicide, mm. and the death of grandparents. Um, but just thinking about the grief that i 've got coming up in my future and how hard that 's going to be is um it's, it's, it's quite daunting it 's a lot to bear but i you you must have dealt with so much grief in your lifetime oh, so yeah, many
2: I've, fun- ne- you, I've never thought about it I yeah. mean, if it happens well then you 've got to deal with it then
1: you must go to a lot of funerals these days <laughs> hey, <pardon? laughs> you must go to a lot of funerals these days
2: oh well Gene we, we, and I are not great on going to funerals though we we've been to you know went to uh Uh, Bill Bailey's Murray Helberg and that sort of thing but normally we don't go to funerals
1: yeah Mm. oh yeah Helberg he passed away last year Uh, were you did you have much to do with Murray Helberg Uh,
2: well we're in the same club but we're we're never uh, that close yeah Mm. incredible man and incredible runner
1: incredible athlete because he had like um, uh, like, what was he he had like a disability he had been in the power games now if he was alive wouldn't he
2: Oh, yeah. I don't know, but he was, that was due to a uh, a rugby accident, right?
1: So he had had like an arm that didn't function properly. Mm. Yeah, what happens when when we die? Are You, are you a spiritual man?
2: Uh, it depends what you mean by spiritual. Mm. Oh, oh, well, when you when your brain doesn't function and that's it. Well, you know, that's that's uh, nothing much.
1: I wouldn't think. Mm. You don't think there's like a, a heaven or an afterlife, or? No, I don't think so. No, hmm.
2: I mean, uh, people used to think you know heaven was up here and all this sort of thing, but I mean, uh, that sort of concept, you know, it's gone yeah. out, out the window, really. Yeah. Oh, well, I don't think they're any. I don't think they're any different from any
1: anybody else in the animal species. Mm. You know? <laughs> I love you. You're so pragmatic. <laughs> pragmatic. You're great. What are you going to miss the most when your life ends?
2: Well, you won't be in a position to miss anything, <laughs> will you?
1: <laughs> no, but from the from the position of someone that's um living a, a good and full life now, so you you, you miss bridge, you miss Gene.
2: Well, but you won't Ken- be you won't be in a position to <laughs> to miss yeah, anything, yeah, will you? Yeah, really?
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true.
2: But when when I was you know talked about that uh, the afterlife and all that sort of thing, I mean. Uh, Different people have got different ideas on that, and, and I respect that. I mean, this, uh, it's you know, it's uh, it's all different ways of thinking, and everybody's got their own uh, perspective.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have any regrets?
2: No, I don't think so. Yeah.
1: No. If you could live your life over, you wouldn't do anything different.
2: Oh, you, you might, but I mean, it's uh, a lot of things that happen to you. It's. It's something that you can't do anything about.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, something I forgot to mention. You, um, so you were a working teacher and principal throughout your whole career. You never made a cent through athletics, right? Oh
2: heavens, no! no I, I was a, an amateur coach, and I remember uh, uh, my first wife Jean saying that uh, if uh, if I had if, uh, if I hadn't been coaching, I would have had. Uh, uh, we would have had enough to cash to buy another house.
1: Well, because of the sacrifices you had to make in order <laughs> yeah. to coach.
2: Yeah, but I never thought about it. Yeah.
1: yeah, that um, I I'm going to ask this, but I know th- I know the the answer to the question already. Does it kind of annoy you now that you know if you were a coach, you're right here right now, you'd be making a lot of money for coaching at the level? That, no, not at all. Yeah, yeah.
2: Well, I mean, in those days, I mean, uh, and of course, in, in, nowadays too, I mean. Uh, uh, the sport would probably perish if it wasn't for all the uh, amateur coaches, unpaid coaches. Yeah, and and that and that's probably the the case with just about every sport.
1: Mm. And you were telling me on the car ride here, you caught up with uh, John Walker just yesterday.
2: Oh yes, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: You're still quite close.
2: Oh yes, yeah we uh, we meet uh, regularly with uh, you know, a few of our old buddies. Mm.
1: Mm. What's regularly like every few months, twice oh, a year? Oh yeah,
2: probably we'll probably meet him uh, in about about 3 months or so. Yeah.
1: yeah. How is he? So he's in his 70s now, but he's got um yeah, he's Parkinson's right. disease. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah.
2: He's doing all right.
1: Yeah. What do you guys talk about when you catch up?
2: Oh, we, we don't talk about the old days. You don't? No, no, we just talk about what's happening now, really.
1: We, we, when was, the, when was you think, the last time you and John Walker got together and reflected on like that gold medal performance in 76? I don't think we've ever done that. <laughs> <laughs> and um, how would you like to be remembered? Wouldn't worry me.
2: <laughs> no, it, it's, it, it's nothing to do with me. I... Don't, I, I, I no answer to that, really. I mean, I've got no preference, really.
1: God, it's been a great life. And it's still going. Who's the oldest New Zealander ever? Have you got any idea? What is it, like 107, 108?
2: Well, I, know, I know who's the third oldest New Zealander. Is that you? No. No? No, No, I'm not nowhere near. No, Lloyd Gearing. How old's Lloyd? 105. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Gee, see, oh, I think you're going to be around for a while yet, aren't you, actually? Oh, I might be yeah what, <laughs> who who knows yeah and what about music these days? what do you like to listen- you listen to music much
2: not not a great deal no uh not a great deal so, I, but i'm not, I'm keener on musicals and that sort of thing, yeah rather than opera or anything like that yeah
1: so what does an average day look like for you 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 wake up um quite leisurely like around eight a m mm, about that and then what you get up
2: oh yeah we we have breakfast and there's what sort of thing and, you know mm. Have coffee later on. Sometimes go up and meet a few of the guys at the cafe and that sort of thing.
1: Mm, cafe on, on the grounds of the retirement village. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great setup you got there, by the way. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, and then so that's like sort of mid morning lunch time. Mm, yep. Yeah. And then home for lunch. Home for a nap.
2: Oh well, no, never, never have a nap during yeah. the day. No, haven't got time for that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then the afternoon. How does that look?
2: Oh well. Two afternoons I, I go and play bridge.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then uh the chase at five PM? Oh, uh, usually, yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do a lot of work on the computer and that sort of thing. Do you?
1: What sort of work?
2: Oh uh, you know, it's it's either to do with bridge or to do with geniality or something like mm.
1: that. Yeah. Mm. Well that seems to be the key here, isn't it? Just keeping yourself active, keeping your keeping your mind and your body busy.
2: Yeah, I, I like to have a sort of a, a project going on.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because it, it, um, it may have been Gene that told me um, that during the pandemic you ordered in like a, a stationary bike and you assembled it yourself.
2: Oh, yes, I thought it would be all ready to go, but when it, <laughs> when it arrived it was in 80 different parts <laughs> and it took me uh, two days to <laughs> assemble it because uh, the directions were, were, weren't were very good and I had to sort of assemble then unassemble bits and, but I finally got it, got it going.
1: Yeah that's amazing And then um, and your, your evening What does the evening look like You just you, you watch um, The Chase You watch the news You watch TV uh, or
2: uh, One or two things we watch on TV But uh, I'm, we're not watching it every night
1: Yeah And then what sort of time do you go to bed
2: Oh I, I'm not a uh, I usually between t- 10 and 11 Wow <laughs> A bit of a night owl <laughs>
1: Yeah Yeah Well thank you very much for these insights today um, oh, how was it last year when you when you turned 100? You get the, um, the the telegram from the royal family. It was still the queen that was alive. So you, would no, you been... don't get telegrams now. Oh, what, what is it, a, Like a card? You get a card. Yeah. 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 So um, h- h- how was that? I know we talked about this in the podcast last year. You weren't much excited about it uh, when it came. Was it was it quite an exciting thing? Or?
2: Oh, it was quite nice to get uh, to get uh, the card from the queen. Yes, it was. Yeah,
1: a card. And yeah. what does, what does it say?
2: Oh, it's just got, uh, I can't recall the exact words, but it's just just ordinary, but it's, uh, you know, it's got got her
1: photo and all Mm. that sort
2: of thing, which is rather nice to have.
1: Yeah. Oh, what's that beeping noise? Is that
2: your watch? Oh, Oh. yeah, that means it's 12 o'clock.
1: Oh, what what does 12 o'clock mean?
2: Well, I don't know. It, it just comes oh, up and it says "snooze." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I haven't been able to undo that. Yeah.
1: So the um, yeah. So the, the telegram, the, the, the card from the queen. You weren't much excited about that because oh, as, no, you, it as bit, you, it was
2: rather nice to get.
1: Yeah, because you, you as you, you did, you, you pointed this out to me last year, and rightfully so. Like she's not sitting in a room writing them all. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but have you got it on display somewhere? Or oh yeah, it's, yeah. it's on. Yeah, it yeah, yeah. Would you have rather have got one from the queen or the king? Ah, uh,
2: rather nice to get one from the queen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, a hey, Archibald Arch Jelly, one of New Zealand's finest running coaches ever, and just a just a good New Zealander. Um, thank you so much for your insights today. It's been a life well spent, and I I I've got a lot out of this conversation. I hope a lot of other people do too. Just by tapping into the wisdom of just like a just a good, kind, solid New Zealander. Thank you so much for coming over today been a pleasure dom really appreciate it see you again this time next year <laughs> hope so <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much for listening all the way through this episode of runners only with Tom harvey and thanks again to my pals at radix nutrition for sponsoring this episode if it's protein powders smoothie recovery powders or freeze dried just add water meals that actually taste nice and give you the nutrients you need check them out radixnutrition.co.nz that's r-a-d-i-x just before we go, you can reach me anytime on Instagram, domharveynz, or email me domharveynz at gmail.com. I love getting your feedback in response to the podcast, good or bad. Actually, to be fair, it's only been good, and I genuinely thank you for that. Couple of housekeeping things before you go. If you feel like doing me a solid and you don't do this already it would be epic if you could subscribe to the podcast subscribe or follow whatever your platform allows most people listen to it without subscribing something like 20% of people subscribe and and I'm not actually sure what it does but I've heard other people on way more successful podcasts asking their listeners to subscribe so it must do something I don't know Also, if you feel so inclined, it would be awesome if you gave the podcast a rating or review on whatever platform you're listening to this on, Spotify, Apple, whatever. Even better than that, share it on social media or share it with a friend who you think would enjoy it. All right, that's it for now. Thanks for your time. Genuinely appreciate having you along for this journey and I really hope you enjoyed it. And I do hope to see you next time on Runners Only with Dom Harvey.